Welcome to The How of Business with your host, Henry Lopez, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here is your host. Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez, and my special guest today is Bernie Stone. Bernie, welcome to the show. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I'm glad to have you. Uh, Bernie and I know each other, and I'll share more in a moment as to how that is, but uh what are the particular challenges and opportunities for military veterans if they are thinking about transitioning into entrepreneurship? And how does Bunker Labs, which Bernie Stone uh, works with as, as a volunteer, how does Bunker Labs help military veterans and military spouses start and grow successful businesses and startups? So Bernie is with me today to share his experiences. He's former military as well. So how did he make that transition? And how does he help others? What are the tips and insights that he has to offer for combat military veterans in particular in making that transition, not just them, but their spouses, that transition into the world of entrepreneurship? To receive more information about the Howard business, including the show notes page for this episode and how you can continue to support my show and receive exclusive content and discounts through a Patreon membership, please visit thehowofbusiness.com. So let me tell you a little bit more about Bernie. He has a tremendous background. But Bernie Stone is the managing owner at Strategy Holdings, where he invests in Zebra companies. And I'll explain what a Zebra company is because I, I had to look that up. <laughs> zebra companies as a seed stage and angel investor. And he's also the founder and president of Strategic Scouts Consulting, where he leverages his incredibly diverse skills and experiences to solve clients' challenging problems and bring order to chaos, which is often what we have in small businesses. Yep. He's also the founding, as I mentioned, the founding city leader for Bunker Labs in Des Moines, Iowa, where he equips, mentors, and connects vet veterans and military spouses with resources to get them on the path to successful a successful business. He's a retired Army officer and Afghan Afghanistan combat veteran. Bernie served over 15 years and traveled to over 50 countries. He also served in five U.S. embassies as a diplomat and received the Republic of Lithuania's Medal of Merit, that country's highest military honor. Bernie is a dedicated volunteer who plays an active role in several organizations, including FedTech, the Urbandale Chamber of Commerce, He's also a member of the Iowa Advisory Committee for USGLC, and he's a collaborator, as I am. That's how I got to originally connect with, um, with Bernie. He's a collaborator for Gino Wickman's Entrepreneurial Lip. <laughs> Leap, not lip. Entrepreneurial yeah. Leap. <laughs> and he's also a board member of the Polk County Health Services. So there's a lot that you're involved with, Bernie. Bernie lives- busy. You stay very busy, exactly right. He lives in the Des Moines, Iowa metropolitan area, as you might have gathered. Bernie Stone, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. And and I want a particular high praise for you for naming my company or saying the names of my companies correctly. Uh, most of them, yeah. <laughs> all kinds of people are like, you know, you spelled strategy wrong. Strategy. <laughs> no, I I got to name it. So so thank you. I figured that was purposeful. And so since I mentioned it, uh, I know what a zebra company is, but but tell me what what your definition is of it, please. Yeah. Uh, so everybody talks about unicorns and there's this idea that, um, you know, if if only I could get my idea out there, then everything will be great and there'll be billions of dollars. And that is they're called unicorns for a reason. They're extremely rare if they happen at all. Zebras are all around you. There's great big herds of them. And in the investing space in the private equity space in which I'm in, um, they get ignored, and I just don't understand why. And so you can take a lot of risk on a lot of companies and hope you get a unicorn, or you can invest in a whole bunch of zebras and make a ton of money. And so I I, I invest in zebras. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I, I love that you qualify that and you share that because from the, from the prospective business owner's perspective, that's one of the reasons I started the podcast, by the way, Bernie, is I felt like all the, there was out there to consume was about the unicorns. So be the next Apple or why aren't you like, yeah. uh, like uh, Bill Gates? And, and it's like, and, and sure, they're, they're inspirational. They, they set these incredible boundaries, but it's not realistic. And then we, we don't consider ourselves successful because we didn't make it to a billion dollar company, right? 
Yeah, I think it really, for me, it's it's part of a, a journey which in, takes so many things into account, um, what we're good at, what we can be paid for, but also mental health and sort of quality of life, which gets ignored in this whole idea of um, the unicorn um, dynamic. And so, you know, I think it's great if you have a profitable company and you're happy, you are winning the game. So um, this idea of, of failure, if you you know, don't turn your idea into $20 billion and then go buy an island somewhere is, I, frankly, I think is a false uh, a symbol of, of success. Couldn't agree with you more. So as I was uh, mentioned briefly, we are both eLeap collaborators, mm-hmm. and that's how we met, uh, I guess, over a year ago. Now we're fortunate to to work with Gino Wickman on his latest, I think he would call it a passion project as well. He would. He would. Um, and that is, uh, we're going to talk about it a little bit later uh, the book E Leap, uh, Entrepreneurial Leap, is I think a must read, and we'll come back to that point. But that's how Bernie and I got to know each other, and so I thought it would be fantastic to talk about specifically. And this, anybody listening to this is going to get value from it, from your experience and your tips and advice. What do you look for as an angel investor, regardless mm-hmm. of whether you're a veteran or not? But veterans face particular challenges just like we all do. And that's what we want to chat about. But before we do that, I just want to get a little bit more on your background. We could spend hours on this, but so briefly tell me the highlights of that military and diplomatic career that you had. Um, So in a nutshell, I'm pretty good at sort of um, uh, atypical thinking. And um, how do you get somebody to take an action in a hundred years by doing something today? It's very much, sort of 3D chess. It's not defined process. There's some gut instinct. I mean, it's art and science. And so I was pretty good at that in the the diplomacy space regarding um, uh, Eastern Europe. Now, I just didn't want to do that when I got out of the military. So um, when I retired, it was really about reinvention and how do I leverage the skills and experiences, which were extensive um, and very valuable into something post-military. And so I did what most veterans do, and that is I get out and I just say, somebody tell me to do something and pay me money for it. I didn't have a career goal. I didn't have a sort of path. I was was desperation. And and I've done a lot of discussion with this with veterans groups and people since. And um, it really is because the military does a great job of stripping out the individual with who you are and making you part of the system. When you leave, they don't put it back. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not their fault. It's just a really difficult thing to do. And so veterans, we struggle. We want somebody to give us challenging missions and impossible situations where we can come out on top and go, wow, we really accomplished something there. Um, I fell into entrepreneurialism by accident um, because I had gone through this process of retirement and couldn't get a job that was meaningful to me. And then um, in rejecting the last job that I had, I just started my own two companies and didn't look back and realized, and and through also reading some other things from other veteran um, thought leaders, is that the veteran process or or serving the military is entrepreneurship. You get these impossible missions and not enough resources with which to accomplish them, Mm. and you get it done. And that is starting and owning your own business. And I didn't know that before it happened. I just... The two came together through serendipity. Mm-hmm. Learning how to leverage, being resourceful with limited resources Absolutely. Absolutely. and getting the Solving most problems. out of those. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, but, but if you look back to, as you have, I'm sure many times uh, when you were in the military, even when you were in your diplomatic career, you, did you have any aspirations or thought, Hey, maybe someday I'll own my own business? No, not at all. Not at all. And that's not necessarily a common thing among veterans. Um, uh, post-World War II, 50% of veterans started a business. Uh, I know. I saw is, that statistic. That is incredible. Yeah. yeah now that number is like 5%. So people have done PhDs on this. Um, why is it different? Uh, I don't, I'm not an expert at that. I would just say that um, for most veterans, when they get out, they're looking at someplace where they can excel and people can uh, give them that same sense of, of, accomplishing great things um, and and being rewarded for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Napoleon said, it's incredible what you can get people to do for a little piece of ribbon. Most veterans just want that same type of thanks and to be challenged and to do things. What we do with Bunker Labs is we say, well, you don't have to look to somebody else to tell you what to do or how to do it. You can do that for yourself. It empowers people 
to realize that they can be their own boss. They don't need to have someone, you know, on a Monday say, well, this is what you're going to do this week. Insightful. Um, yeah. When you first got started then with your own business, I think it was strategic scouts consulting. Was that the first business? I started both the same week. Both at the same um, time. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I had I had always had thoughts um, about some of these things. I want to maintain connections to um, a lot of the tremendous value that I have from my military service, and that's sure. Strat Scouts. And then Strategery is more, um, I really got into investing while I was in the military, um, and Strategery is a way for me to continue that path. And, and so they're separate companies started the same week, but to do big pieces of what I want to accomplish in the rest of my adult life. So, And so what does Strategic Scouts Consulting do? Um, we do specific consulting work for firms um, when typically what I find in a lot of my mentorship is that a lot of folks know the answer to their problems. They just don't see it. And so I mentor a lot of people uh, for free through many organizations, like you mentioned in the bio. Uh, but there's some folks who just still don't want to do the work. Well, I can push them over to Strat Scouts and charge them a hefty fee, and I'll do the work. And it's for business you. consulting, IT, a combination, whatever they need, or what is it? What type um, of consulting? Of it, it's much more of strategic thinking and planning. Okay. Okay. Um, but I can certainly refer them to people that I've built in my network over the years for specifics. Like I don't, I know IT, I don't do that. But if someone says we want to work with you for a larger strategic plan with a very specific IT component. Um, we can do that too. Yeah. So it's been a while now since you've been your own boss, but thinking back, what, what were some of those early challenges beyond what you've mentioned already that you experienced in making that transition? I guess the biggest thing was just that I am capable of doing it, which was sort of a ridiculous proposition because I was capable of doing the exact same things when I was in the service. They would, again, give you an omission and you have to figure it out and get it done. There's no question whether you'll be successful or not. You either are successful or they get rid of you. So um, just kind of seeing the light that why am I seeking, you know, these other people to tell me what to do. But that was part of it. The other part was just then looking for resources to do it correctly. Because again, there's a, I, I did an MBA program through um, the Tippy. Uh, University of Iowa's MBA. And one of the things that they talk about is the 80-24 rule. 80% of businesses don't survive 24 months. And I really got into the why. Um, and that's for some reasons. That's COVID. That's the birth of a child. That's, um, I just really don't want to do this anymore. And I want to move to Canada, like whatever those reasons are. Yeah. Um, but then there's also a lot of, uh, I commingled my business and personal funds. I mm. Um, my cash flow uh, metrics are all messed up. And so I just can't, my business won't survive just the way and how I'm doing my business. So there's all these little pieces that um, really got into digging in to what are those resources, what are the ways to do business better, not correctly, because I think it's different for each person, right? Um, but better or more having a higher chance of success. Where did you get some of that help in the early days anyway? Digging into books, um, digging into mentors. Uh, again, I do a lot of stuff with the Irvingdale Chamber of Commerce, which mm -hmm. is a, my local community. Mm -hmm. um, there are people all around you, wherever you live, that have tremendous success and are willing to help. You just have to locate them and ask. And I really, really encourage people to use those assets um, first, because typically as Americans, when we have a problem, the first thing we do is Google a solution, which is going to come up with a paid answer. You don't need to pay money for many business problems. You can go out and ask and get the same assistance, maybe at better quality and it's free, which is better for your business. Yeah. I, I find that most aspiring entrepreneurs, and I know I was guilty of this as well, we're not good. Maybe it's a societal thing, but we're not good at getting that help. Is that uh, the same with veterans? Worse? Uh, worse. Yeah. Why Much is worse. that, Bernie? Well, again, I talked about, um, you know, in the military, they, they expect you to solve things. Right. And when you ask for help, I don't, I'm thinking through this answer as I say it. I don't want to say it's perceived as a weakness, but when you, if you ask everybody else to do your work for you, then you're not doing it. Yeah. Kind of that, that, that go figure it out on your own is rewarded, yeah. certainly, right? Absolutely. And so um, veterans are a tough crowd to get, like I work with Bunker Labs, as mentioned, we're a national organization chapters across the United States. 
and getting a veteran to actually say, yeah, I could use some free help. Yeah. It is really tough. There's so, a pride component. I got to think as well. It's like, wait a second. I just spent, you know, however long in the military, I've accomplished these things. I, you yeah. know, now I'm having to ask for help. Sure. Yeah, sure. Um, all right. So I want to go back to that stat because I do want to get your thoughts on 49%. If I got it right about 49% of World War II veterans ended up starting businesses compared to just 5.6 or so post 9-11 veterans. In your assessment, what are some of those reasons why? I mean, that's a huge disparity, which we cannot attribute to just, well, there are less opportunities now than there were then, because I don't think either you or I believe that. So what yeah, actually, what, what is your observation? I think I it's think the other way around as well. I think it's easier than ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say that, uh, first of all, this is apples and oranges. Those are two completely different societies. You Good know, point. Would, yeah. would have Jen... Uh, the greatest generation have started that many businesses if they had cell phones. Like, I, I don't know. This is a really <laughs> tough thing to answer. Um, but I would say that uh, in general, there are so many opportunities um, for jobs and there's ways to, you know, you can reinvent yourself so many different ways um, now. Uh, tomorrow, if I decided that I wanted to get into healthcare, I could just go and start studying healthcare. It's, it's, there are resources available for many different people in all walks of lives to change their lives uh, for however they want. And that's one of the amazing things about what we have here in America. Um, I think in general, I would attribute the lower percentage now to um, this idea of, of, you know, following a path or having somebody tell you what to do. Um, there's comfort in that. There's an ease in that. Um, it's a safer path. Absolutely. Um, and you and I, as we deal with um, Gina Wickman's content content and entrepreneurial leap, you have to have a certain mindset um, to want to get into this, you know, day in and day out problem solving and and dealing with the, the supply issues and my truck broke down and um, one of the people that I advised this morning, one of his workers called in sick, which totally wrecks his day, like whatever he was going to do. So um, there's a certain type of people that are more successful in that realm. Um, in Veterans, I think, are perfect for it. They just think they need to be shown that it is possible. And that's one of the big things that we do um, at Bunker Labs. Yeah, to model me. that for them, right? Yeah, we inspire with to mm -hmm. show that, hey, you're the same as this person right here with a $15 million company. You just haven't done it yet. Like, what a, just go do it. Right. <laughs> so, what about access to capital? Are there challenges there that, that I may not see that a veteran yeah. might face? So this is a particular kind of bugbear for me as I'm in the private equity space, right. giving capital to people. Well, not giving, but uh, cutting deals with them. Mm -hmm. um, I think capital is everywhere. Uh, there's a ton of it. But the general, um, I would say 90% of entrepreneurs would say that that is absolutely untrue. If you look at it from the side of the people who have the capital and they're looking to either invest or do some type of a loan, the issue is you and your business plan. So if your business plan is half-baked or you don't know your numbers or you say, as one person literally said to me, and this is a quote, just give me a million dollars and I'll give you back a billion. No business <laughs> plan, no nothing. Like, no, that's not how the system works. So there are some some basic uh, rules here where, if, so you want someone to invest in what you're doing, you should show the homework. You should show that there's a path to success. Um, the capital industry is not built upon giving you money just to see if something will work or not. Venture capital, a little bit more that way. But um, so I would say that just all around every individual, there is a sea of capital. It's just a question of you getting access to it and having a chance to pitch and having a good pitch and and having a business that is intriguing. And, and again, for me, I'm looking for zebras. So there could be 50,000 zebras today that will be rejected by larger investment firms just because they're not as lucrative they don't have the exit that they're looking yeah, for it's not the of, potential you know, home run from their uh, right. their definition of it yeah. right and so you know you have the way the industry's built and and who to talk to this is all a process that takes a tremendous amount of time and so what i tell people um in the uh, startup space is if you want to take investment from somebody someday the time to have a conversation with somebody is not when you need the money 
it is years before mm-hmm. you should develop relationships you should develop trust you should develop the the fact that they believe in who you are prior to you ever bringing them a possible deal so they're like yeah let's hear this you've already set the conditions to be successful but so what is it what race, is it about veterans in particular then that that they are they might be frustrated or don't understand because i see that even people who are not veterans but is there something in particular with veterans and what they experienced in their service that help that that creates a problem with under, them understanding this process? I don't know. I, I don't necessarily agree with that in that there are so many programs that are geared directly towards veterans. I mean, here I represent Bunker Labs, which right, goes out. Right. We go out of our way to connect veterans to free resources and money. And uh, at the end of this month in October, I will be at the Military Influencer Conference in Vegas where they're having a pitch competition for $100,000. So mm-hmm. there is possibilities out there. Yeah. What I would say is, um, again, going back to that mindset of, of just figuring it out on my own and not seeking help, you can't know about opportunities for capital if you're not out there looking and meeting people and networking and being open to that possibility. Yeah. If you're just nugging it out in your basement and you're going to make it work hell or high water, well, you're not giving yourself the opportunity to to have some of these serendipitous uh, meetings or, or relationships. One thing I do want to just make sure that I get in here, which is super important to me. The best way to raise money for any company is sales. It's not capital. It's not loans. It's not whatever. It's not somebody else coming to your rescue. The single best way to raise money for your company is great product, great process, and sales. You get to keep 100% of the profits and you don't have to deal with anybody else's BS. And I'm in the industry. So like there may be times where you have to take on outside money, but the best way to do it is sell more product. So I, I think I understand that then, Bernie, as you're saying, start small if if that's what you need to do to and then bootstrap over time by reinvesting your profits. Is that what I'm hearing you say there? I would suggest that is the best way to be part of the 20% that are successful companies. Um, when you take on outside money, you take on outside problems. Now, is this a uh, golden rule? Of course not, because there are no golden rules in business. Uh, I invested in a company that I thought had great metrics and a great business plan, and COVID came along and killed it. So you cannot plan for these things. But in terms of money, and we look for these shortcuts as a society, well, if I could get the money, then I could get a better truck and I could do these other things. Yeah. Well, as a veteran, every state in in the United States has a surplus property program and veterans um, get first dibs on that. So, hey, veteran, did you go to your state and see if they have the truck that you need for free? Like, why do you need to go to a bank and get money to buy a brand new truck when you could have a truck with 5,000 miles on it that does the exact same thing for free? So, yeah, there's there's different ways of thinking about it and going about it. And that's one of the things that I try to do in both my mentoring and paid work is giving people those options and, and the resources that can further them along towards their goals yeah. without having to cash to swap hands. Uh, going back to then also, you know, you said you and your business plan, I, I think that and this isn't specific just to veterans, but as we're talking about this group in particular, part of it is that lack of the financial side of things, whether it's their, in my opinion, if you, if you don't have knowledge and control over your personal finances, it's going to be hard for you to apply it to a business. But that seems to be another area in particular for veterans where there's a knowledge gap. Um, I would say with my work with SCORE and some other organizations that I wouldn't pin that on veterans. I think it's America in general. Um, we, we built on the investing side that you can't be successful unless you go and and you know give your money or your process to some professional that does this. I disagree with that. Um, I I certainly didn't do that. If you are interested in something and you want the benefits from it, learn. If you want to get into real estate investing, crack a book. You don't have to hand over your money to someone else so they can take a percent. Um, Again, I don't think it's just veterans in this case. I think that's more of a societal issue. Yeah, I don't disagree with you there. If you're having trouble paying your rent, Mm -hmm. you know, worrying about your business, it becomes so much worse, right? If you're comfortable and you can do these things, you can take more risk. So that definitely will. I, I, I completely agree with you on that. Yeah. This is Henry Lopez with a brief break from this episode to share a special offer from our show sponsor, Double. 
Do you ever feel like there aren't enough hours in the day to accomplish everything you need to get done? I know I do. I received some great advice on this early in my business ownership journey, and that is to delegate as soon as possible to become more efficient and grow your small business. Are you at a point in your business where you're contemplating hiring an assistant? Perhaps you're worried about not needing someone full-time yet and having a tough time finding a part-time virtual assistant that isn't overseas? That's where Double comes in. Double helps business owners by matching them with a personal assistant and providing the necessary tools to efficiently delegate administrative tasks, allowing you to focus on what you do best, running your company. Accepting only 0.5% of applicants, Double's comprehensive vetting process ensures that your personal assistant knows what they're doing and can help you save at least 10 hours in just the first month alone. Go to withdouble.com today and get 50% off your first month when you sign up with Double using the code HOWBUS22. That's withdouble.com using the code HOWBUS22 and unlock 50% of your first month. And most importantly, get time back so you can focus on what matters most to you and your business. What else are some of those before we get into finishing up on the skills that you do acquire? We've touched on some of them, but the what other skills do you see that men and women come out of the military, come out of their service, and they need more help with? You know, like I mean, Bunker Labs offers a series of courses. So is there anything there that the data tells us on what's most popular or what people get the most value out of? You know, I mentioned the financial, but what else do you think are skills areas that generally speaking? military people need to often develop? So I would flip this slightly and say that the biggest thing for employers that I would suggest they do is challenge a veteran more. And so what we find in the mental health space is many veterans feel like they're undervalued or underemployed. They have a job and they're happy about it and they just kind of are clocking it in all the time because they don't have these crazy, impossible things that the military asked them to do. We right. we talk about the strategic corporal. There is a very young 20-something, early 20s individual somewhere on planet Earth today doing things that are just have such massive importance to the United States or our allies that the level of pressure, if you take a, if you take a step back and look at it, is just crazy. And what they're doing, it matters so much. And then they get out of the military and they're still young. Maybe they're 26 or 27 now. And they go and get a job and people are like, well, you don't really have any skills or experiences and you haven't done anything. So we're going to put you in the office supply room. You make sure the copier is filled with paper. I mean, like that is such a, a, a massive step down in the capabilities of these individuals who have done so many incredible things, whether it's, you know, saving lives or logistics or operational stuff, or just seeing um, an individual uh, in a small village somewhere who could use some assistance and offering a kind word, which then changes the geopolitical outcome for entire regions of planet Earth. It's incredible. And so, but we don't really see veterans that way. And I think part of this has to do with Hollywood and this fetishization of the, of the you know, all veterans are heroes. Um, mm-hmm. They're certainly not. Not all veterans are heroes. Some are actually, you know, not good people at all. Um, but that's society. That's not veterans. Right. That's not civilians. That's a reflection about who we are as a society. And so, you know, sit down with these people and say, are we challenging you? What else could you think you could do? Are there things that we could do better? Maximize the value that you have this person in your organization. Think you'd be surprised um, and happily surprised about what you can do. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so, so I get that if I'm looking at employing a veteran and I want to ask you another question related to that, because we, we, uh, me and my business partner as business owners have tried to have a focus on that over the years for all of the obvious reasons, uh, not to, not, not the least of which is the benefit to us of what you get when you get that kind of person on, on your team. But does that then this, this challenge that we've been talking about and around where you have, you come out of the military and you've achieved such great things. You've had such great responsibilities. And then you go to start a small business that by comparison might seem like it's, 
no, not not the same level of challenge. Maybe sure. is is that a challenge sometimes mindset wise for veterans that that hey you're going to have to take this step back maybe mindset wise to start something and then build it from there. Yeah, I would say it is, but it isn't. In the case of um, if you look at pay and benefits, it absolutely is 100. percent The military is a very safe place. Right. They're going to give you housing. They're yep. going to give you medical. They're going to give you food. So that's when you suddenly don't have those things. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it gets stark. But I would also say that if you stay focused on the mission, because the military is very mission focused, what do we need to do to accomplish this mission? Let's get it done. If your mission is to create a successful company and you keep your eyes on that goal, looking forward and not buried in the day to day, and this is advice for anybody, it's it's not just veterans, you're more likely to stay on target and do the things you need to do strategically within your business. I mean, you can hear me use the word strategic a lot, strategery, et cetera. I completely think that people get bogged down in the details and they lose sight of what they're doing and why, and things go off the rails. Yeah. You've got to keep an eye on where you're going in the future so that you can stay on that path. And, and I think the veterans, we lose sight of that. And, and if they can just keep that mission focus, successful business, revenue positive, um, you know, it, this kind of growth path, whatever their business plan, whatever they come up with, Stay focused on that. And are you doing the things on a daily basis, which gets you to that goal? If you're not, you need to change what you're doing, change your goal or get out like, you know, and that's one of the easy things about being in the middle in the veteran space is I can have these very stark, um, abrupt uh, conversations and fed tech. I'm one of the mentors. I'm the abrupt mentor because I just (laughs) tell people like, are you doing Straight it or not? Up. Like, yep. there's no, there's no coddling buts, here, yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, my bedside manner is 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 much more uh, drastic <laughs> than I would say other mentors. I'm working on it um, <laughs> to become but, more warm and fuzzy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there's different approaches for different people, and They're I'm not right. in the military anymore. I'm a civilian. Um, and if you want to be successful in a new room and space, you should learn some of the. Um, uh, ways of going about things in that new rumor space. And I knew this is a diplomat. So yeah. Bernie, when you are chatting with someone now who let's say they're about to get out mm-hmm. and they're thinking about starting a business, I, I think there's a big variable here, depending on what their financial situation, their personal financial situation is. Let's say it's not great. Is is the guy the path that you might guide them on is to go get that taken care of, get a job first, get stable, and then pursue starting a business? Or what are your thoughts there? Um, I don't want to answer in a specific way because I truly believe this is an individual kind of question. Um, what kind of person are you? Are you do you thrive in more of a high pressure situation? Um, do you not? If you don't have an idea of where this month's um, bill money is coming from, would that make you collapse or thrive? So th- there's different types of people. Um, the biggest thing that I would say is before you get out, have you really maximized all the resources that are available to you? A huge one is there's a program called SkillBridge, where in your last few months in the military, you can actually go work for a civilian company. The U.S. government pays your salary as if you were still in, but you're learning how to be a civilian and you're in a space which maybe you would get a job with them. So it's almost like an internship with, yeah. with industry and society. That is an amazing resource. Um, but I, I think the biggest thing that I would recommend, and I do this for civilians um, and people who have not served as well, is when's the last time that you just sat down on your porch or in a quiet space and thought about what you want? And and I, I just joked with a, a client that I worked through with the NASDAQ, um, pondering. Like, when's the last time you pondered how you're doing your business or what kind of business you would want to be in? What is the daily rhythm you would want your life to be? And then build your build your work post-military around that. And is this, is this a particular challenge? Because as we've pointed to in my observation from the outside, is that often when you're in the military, someone else is kind of guiding things for yeah. you to some degree, yeah? Uh, not to some degree, to most degree. Um, we, there's a path, a defined path through promotion or schools. Um, there's certain gates that you must get through. So it's extremely defined. It's, it's hyper-defined. Um, the path to success in entrepreneurship, although many business courses and things would have you 
say that that's the same that you must do certain things i completely disagree with that yeah, i know it's, um, it's a Gina bumpy Wickman, rough and winding road yeah. at best <laughs> and and you find your way through it and gina right. wickman himself is a guy who does not have a college degree and has exited um multiple hundred million dollar company and is now growing enough i mean the guy is an entrepreneur in definition like he's, a, he's an icon of it no college degree which you know society would say well you can't do that if you don't have a college degree um, I think that people who know what they want and they have the will to get up in the morning and do it are going to accomplish anything they want, whatever that is. So much I hear what I'm hearing as a common theme is the whole mindset. Uh, Absolutely. It seems to be the challenge here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But in a healthy way, if it becomes manic or it becomes um, at the destruction of the rest of your life, you know, again, I don't think that's a, a good thing. There's, there's a Japanese concept, um, in a, if I, I apologize if I say this incorrectly, I'm, I'm a Russian speaker, not a Japanese speaker, but Ikigai, um, I-K-I-G-A-I. And it's the it's this Venn diagram of the four major pieces, like what, what are you good at? Can you be paid for it? Um, God, what are the other two? Anyway, <laughs> I have your listeners uh, just Google Ikigai. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can find that sweet spot in the center of this, this Venn diagram, that's that's what we're all looking for. Yeah, honestly. Um, and so if you find yourself um, that you have a business, but you're just not happy, or you have a great business and you're happy, but it's not paying you in a certain way, what can you adjust about how you're doing things to get you back into the center? All right. So if I'm a veteran listening and I've had had an idea, been aspiring mm-hmm. to maybe start my first business, I might be getting out, I might already be out. The question I had is, where do I start? If I've been following you correctly, and you're going to add to it here. I start by by identifying and, and taking advantage of the resources that are there for me, either in the service, those resources you mentioned, one specific, I can't remember the name of it, or reaching out to an organization like Bunker Labs and getting help. That's what you would advise to someone to do first. Is that true? And that is absolutely true. That's your local chamber of commerce. That is veterans organizations. That's your church. That is um, educational opportunities just go ask and you don't have to pay money to do this you just have to ask for someone's time you will be rejected you will get some no's you will be blown off and people won't answer your emails that does not mean stop (laughs) that means go ask somebody else (laughs) so that is the number one thing is the gathering of information and resources because then you can decide what's best for you and something that i counsel people on in my mentoring is it's always better to have options, whatever that thing is, to have some options and go, well, what's the best possibility for me to get where I want to go? That's great. But you have to cultivate those. You have to find them. You have to you have to ask. All right. Let me ask you one before we start to wrap it up here. I want to have one very tactical question, very specific question from an employer's perspective. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned over the years, my, my partner, David Begin, and I have have employed and, and made it a conscious effort to try to bring in ex-military because of all of the skills that they have. In particular, a business that he brought me into was the car wash business. And so operating a car wash is very operational. It's very uh, mechanical, not to say that that's the only thing that military people can do, but it's very, you know, you got to execute. It's it's like a manufacturing plant. So a lot of qualities there that apply. Not to mention we were in Colorado Springs where there's a lot of military people, right, for all the different bases that are there. So a lot of synergies. One of the challenges that we had a couple of different times with people that we did bring on was with how and when to fire someone if they're not working out. Sure. Let me tell you where my, where, where I, the way I perceived it. And you tell me what maybe I was missing, or if you think you, you have a perspective on it. It seemed to me like in the military, these people had uh, people working for them, but it wasn't a higher fire situation. It was a, I'm going to coach you or counsel you or redirect you or reassign you or whatever. And so I had managers that I had hired who were ex-military who had a, they thought we were too abrupt with saying, well, they got to go. Have you seen that? Was that just a one-off experience or is that a somewhat common challenge? It is not a one-off experience. Um, But what I would say is that manager, um, I would high five them because something that I see on the civilian side in a lot of companies is they don't have good mentorship on and a feedback system. 
Um, this is just a really good thing to do no matter what your line of business. Do your employees know what's expected of them? Um, or is there some type of a monitoring process so that you can stay on top of, whether that's a quarterly counseling or, you know, a meeting? I, I don't know. It really could, that gets into the details. Um, and again, I'm, I'm looking at these things from a much higher view. But and then do you give them an opportunity? Hey, you really didn't do a good job on this project. Here's why. These were the expectations that were laid out to you. This is what you didn't do. This is the shot across the bow. Here's your warning. Like, fix it or we're going to have to let you go. But as a leader, as an owner of a business or a CEO, did you train that person or provide the training? Did you give them the resources to be successful or the bandwidth or, or space to go out and get the resources if you don't have them available? Or did you just drop something on them, have an expectation that isn't feasible, and now you want to fire them? So good leadership is about getting the most out of your people, but that doesn't mean like getting all the blood out of the turnip. Yeah, yeah so, no, well, well said. I, I think it speaks to that where the disconnect, I think, is going to be amplified if you are that type of business owner where you don't care about implementing those types of systems or procedures or building sure. a culture, and you're just turning through people. Um, okay, enough said of that. Thank you for the insights on that. All right, tell me uh, the, the brief summary on what Bunker Labs offers. Bunker Labs um, is a organization, national nonprofit, that helps the military connected communities start and grow their businesses. So that's veterans, that's spouses. Um, we don't discern between the two. The veteran journey is very much the same as the veteran spouse journey. Um, how it differs a little bit is that if we have money going out of the organization, so if we're paying for something, you have to be a veteran and military spouse. But here's the big problem where we try to engage in our communities is as soon as we say that, people go, well, I'm not a veteran or military spouse. It's not for me. I can't go. Mm. Stop. This is about entrepreneurial ecosystem. This is about knowing people and, and bringing value to your community and your entrepreneurial journey and, and to your businesses. You absolutely should engage with Bunker Labs events that are happening in your area so that you can grow your business as well. We, veterans and military spouses, need you there. We can't be um, just this internal organization that is only veterans because look around you. Again, only 5% of veterans start businesses. And that's not saying that those are all successful. So we have to have people that are connected to us and, and in, interacting with us across the spectrum. And that's for any community. That's not veterans, but that's also BIPOC and, and the LGBTQ community and women owners and people who want to do med. I mean, like, Whatever your flavor is, all of those businesses need to work together to advance business across the United States because we need the tax money. <laughs> Bridges okay. are expensive. So yeah. the more businesses that are successful, I'm all about it. I hear you. I'm with you. And where do, where do we go online to learn more about Bunker Labs? Bunkerlabs.org, O-R-G. Um, and we have online programming. We have communities across the United States. And again, if you're not in one of those communities, just reach out to the online community, which is huge. We have virtual programs. Um, it's And this is something that I wanted to mention earlier is, is a, the veteran experience, again, when you get out, it's it, you sort of feel lost or cast. Yes, yeah, so it can be very isolating on top of the fact that entrepreneurship huge. is isolating. It's even more so, right? Doubly so. Right, right. And so just having a place where you can go, even if you don't want to start a business, um, go to Bunker Labs and be part of the community. And that's mm -hmm. something that um, I had a conversation a couple of years ago. A guy was really happy in his job. And he's like, well, this isn't for me because I don't want to start a business. I said, this is absolutely for you because you're a veteran and we can just have a conversation. So we don't want everyone to just fire themselves from whatever they're doing and start businesses. That's not Bunker's goal. Right. Bunker's goal is about creating better outcomes for folks, which they determine. And so me as a city leader or ambassador, as we call them now, here in Des Moines, um, I have a mission to, again, help um, start and grow successful businesses. How do you define success? There is no metric for me as an ambassador here. It's not growth of 10% or hiring another five employees or getting to, you know, a certain profitability. It's, is your life better? Are you, are you happier? Do you feel more at ease? Is the stress lowered? These are the measures of success for us. Yeah. Impacting people, veterans and others as well. Yeah. I, the book recommendation, I know what it's going to be, we've touched it on already. You and I both are huge fans of 
Gino Wickman and his book, Entrepreneurial Leap. Entrepreneurial Leap, absolutely. It's not that this idea of whether you're an entrepreneur or not, everyone can be a business owner, but the type of business that you get into, or should you? are you more inclined to be happy owning a franchise? Or do you really just want to create something that is absolutely bespoke and is only you on planet Earth? Those are two completely different business owners, both business owners, but what type of business, you, the path you start down, this book will assist you in kind of figuring out what type of person you are. Highly yeah. recommended. I love how you explain that uh, very succinctly, Bernie, and exactly uh, the way that uh, sometimes I struggle to explain it. So thanks, thanks for sharing your perspective on it. And that's exactly right. We do not all have to go. So I think it ties back, Bernie, to what we're talking about at the outset, that our goal doesn't have to be, I want to be the next Elon Musk. It's perfectly okay and likely, much more likely that I'm going to have a local, very successful business that supports my lifestyle that most people will never hear about. 100%. Um, One of the people that I have in my current cohort in Bunker Labs here in Des Moines, um, it's very important to him to support adoption. And so he's built that into his business, and I couldn't be more proud of him and and him taking this. And the word, the term ESG gets tossed around lately. It's sort of a um, a taboo word now. ESG. ESG is environmental, social, and governance. Okay. Looking at business and measuring the success of a business, not just on profit alone, but on you know what does the business do in a greater sense as part of the community. And he's built that into his business. And um, isn't that part of a broader definition of a zebra company as well? That's an interesting question. I don't know. I would, I'm would. i going to have to think about that. Do I exclude companies that don't have some sort of a larger goal in mind? I don't know. I, I would say the answer to that in a technical sense is probably yes, because I'm looking for founders and business owners who are very focused on on what they want. And it's not to me um, just about the bottom line. Um, I I think a lot of bad decisions get made in business. If you wanna get some proof of this, just look at the stock market (laughs) on a daily basis. A lot of bad decisions get made just because they're chasing a quarterly profit number um, or something to that effect. So yeah, and it doesn't have to be and you know, like planting trees. Right. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't adoption. have to save the world. Yeah. But it's. Uh, but how are on, you? How are you impacting your community in a positive yeah. way, or your tribe, or your group, or whomever it might be? Yeah. Here in my store that sells widgets, we will not work on Friday afternoons. We will devote that time to engaging and volunteering in whatever organization you want. There you that's, go. That's that's amazing. Um, yes, it will have a, an impact on your profitability. But if it doesn't destroy your profitability, it's going to make your life better. Yeah. Don't do it. All right, Bernie, what's what's one thing you want us to take away from this conversation that we had, uh, you know, primarily focused on this transition for military veterans into entrepreneurship? Yeah. I would like to, to expand that off of just the, the veterans and say that anybody in the United States is capable of achieving what they want if they do the work. Um, There will be obstacles, there will be people in your way, there will be competition, Um, there will be the trouble of getting your brand out there. Um, People have to know you're there. It is work, and it's work by definition. Um, You can do it and and go out and start. Um, The other piece of that that I would say is we all talk about starting businesses, but we don't talk about ending businesses. And this Mm -hmm. is my score mentor hat. Um, when you do a business plan or when you decide to do something, you should also have a very clear answer of when you want out and how to get out of it. And that could be profitability. That could be, I'm going to have this business until I make $50 million from it. And then I'm going to sell it to somebody else. Great. But that sure better cover. I'm going to have this business. And when I lose $50,000, I'm going to shutter it. Yeah, And we see too many people in business that just keep chucking money down a hole for something that does not work. Yeah. They don't give up, right? We don't don't want to give up. If if, if I could only just do this or then, you know, get this loan and maybe that don't work in maybes don't work in sort of dreams um, to do these very hard business decisions. You should know when it's time to, to turn the key and lock the door and, and walk away. And so don't let the business destroy your life. Well said. Uh, Tell me where you want us to go online to learn more about you and also, again, Bunker Labs. 
Yeah, for me, um, it's uh, BernieStone.com, but even easier would just be go to my Twitter page at StratScouts. Um, I do some investing tweets and some geopolitical stuff, and it's just, you know, there's, I'm, you're not going to get a whole bunch of posts on, you know, me pondering about the world, but things that I find value in, I'll share there. Um, and then, of course, BunkerLabs.org. Another great resource that is free for, for everyone is SCORE.org. That is um, uh, a government-run program. Uh, and then also SBDC. Uh, there's just so many programs. Here, Let's boil it down to this. If you want to start a business and you don't know where to start, go to your local economic development office, which could be at the county level. You might have one in your city. And just sit down and talk to that person and be like, these are my ideas. Help me shape them. And because it's their job, they're, it's, they're a government employee to to get more businesses started that can pay taxes. Absolutely. So use them. And, and you and I, having served in many of those different kinds of organizations, you know that often we're sitting there waiting for somebody to take an opportunity to, to <laughs> come right. in or ring the phone. You know, it's like yeah. we're, we're always amazed at how, how few people take uh, the opportunity of the resources that are there at their disposal. Yeah. Well, it's even worse than that, because usually when they come in, it's when things are already on fire and sinking. Oh, yeah, they go, yeah. Hey, I need help. You need to fix this. Yeah. I already signed this agreement. Or I already, I'm already in <laughs> yeah. partnership. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. My favorite is the company that came in and said, we want to start a business. Great. Um, but it's OK. We already have a website. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> we paid $30,000 on oh, the website bill. Oh, they didn't God. even have a company. They didn't even have a, a built-out idea, but they paid thirty grand on their balance sheet. I was like, "Oh my God!" Like, okay, yeah, we have seen so, that so many yeah. times. Bernie, a great conversation. Thanks for taking the time to be with me and share your insights and thoughts and experiences. It was a pleasure. Yeah, yeah same here. But all right, thank, um, you so much. thank you. This is Henry Lopez, and thanks for joining me on this episode of the How of Business. My guest today again was Bernie Stone. I release new episodes every Monday morning, and you can find the show anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at my website, thehowofbusiness.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information about our coaching programs, online courses, show notes pages, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.